Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Thanks for listening to Creative Control. Uh, while I have you here, please consider supporting Youth Empowerment and Support Services, otherwise known as YES. Based in Edmonton, Alberta, YES provides immediate and low-barrier overnight and day shelter, temporary supportive housing, and individualized wraparound supports for young people aged 15 to 24. They work collaboratively within a network of care focused on the prevention of youth homelessness by providing youth with the necessary supports to stabilize their housing, improve their well-being, build life skills, connect with community, and avoid re-entry into homelessness. Learn more about how to donate or otherwise support YES by visiting YESS.org. Hey, this is Trevor from Halifax calling in to say that I support Creative Control on Patreon because I think long-form arts journalism is a crucial part of music culture and there's simply not enough of it out there today. Vish is a master interviewer, he lands great guests, and he has his finger on the pulse of the ever-changing music landscape, both here in Canada and abroad. For all of these reasons and many more, I think you should support Creative Control on Patreon too. To make your flexible monthly donation to Creative Control, please visit patreon.com slash Control today. I'm Visha's wife, and I will love him no matter what you do. And now he has me on the record saying that. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Nathan McIntosh! Creative Control with Vish Khan. Nathan McIntosh is a talented writer and very funny comedian currently based in New York City. Originally from Halifax, Nova Scotia, McIntosh is an acclaimed and hard-touring stand-up comedian whose work has been profiled in the New York Times and who has appeared on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, Conan, and The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, not to mention Just for Laughs galas, and his own sitcom on 5TV called Trapped. On Wednesday, January 18th, 2023, McIntosh and Comedy Records released his excellent new special. It's called Money Never Wakes, and it prompted Nathan and I to connect for a great talk about uh, being a beat, road rage at the Costco, self-awareness and anger, why we may be turning into ooze. 
telephones, remembering things, and our melting brains, streaming services and DVDs, robots and reality. Growing up without a father in Halifax and his comedy origin story, celebrating our W's, future plans, and much more. A part of the Entertainment One Network with the support of listeners like you who follow and subscribe to this podcast and spread the word about it and make flexible monthly donations at patreon.com slash creative control plus in-kind support from Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, Ontario and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, Ontario. This is episode 760 of Creative Control featuring the lovely and talented Nathan McIntosh with your host, me, Vish Khanna. Hi, Nathan. How's it going? Vish, this is the best day of my life. Now, why is it the best day of your life? How is that possible? I try to say this every day, mostly for my own amusement, but also maybe it, maybe it will be. I don't know. I've only been outside once today. There could be, uh, could be the best <laughs> day of my life. So nothing lined up today that suggests... You, you know, some people would say, oh, I'm doing The Tonight Show. I'm on... A late night with David Letterman. That show doesn't exist anymore. But mm-hmm. I'm just saying, for you, there's nothing planned. You're just you're trying to, you know, foretell the future a little bit. Give yourself a boost. I mean, I had a pretty good coffee. <laughs> that uh, that helps. I feel in the uh, in the the pursuit of uh, the best day of your life. Sure. Yeah. You seem to me to somehow be a pretty upbeat person. Generally, is that is that a mischaracterization? Are you upbeat? No, I think I think for the most part I am. I mean, um, I guess people watch my stand-up sometimes and think like, oh, this man's an angry man. He's not. He he gets angry at, at things, but I don't live angry. So I think your I think your characterization is uh, pretty pretty on point. Yeah, I mean, as a someone as someone who's sort of studied comedy and comedians, I would not put you even in the top ten of angry comedians. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I appreciate that. Because, but again, <laughs> stage-wise, I can see, I guess, because I'm loud and I yell things and I move my hands, but people take that to mean that, you know, I'm going to get into a cab and make, punch somebody in the back of the head or yell um, yell at old women who are being slow and, yeah. you know, none of that stuff. I've met, uh, as you have as well, some very angry comedians. Yes, Yes, I I have. And one of the reasons I say this about you is I feel like you're directing some of your critiques, your analysis at anger, at people who are angry. I mean, they seem to be... So you can't be angry and then highlight how angry everyone seems to be about everything. You know what I'm saying? Yes. No, I get it. Yeah. Yeah, like uh, talking about uh, plane fights specifically... Yeah, those people are, are, are well, legitimately violently angry. I mean, they're, they're beyond the realm of what anger should be. And, yeah, I find that insane. I, I mean, we've all been mad at points, and you get you get upset about certain situations. But, I mean, my God, are you going to, you're going to drop kick somebody who works in a place? That's, <laughs> that's I, I never want to be there. That's crazy. Airplanes or not, I feel like if I think about your latest special, which is amazing, by the way, I just want to, I don't know if I've conveyed that to you enough. My wife and I love your new special. And I, I, as you know, I think, Nathan, I'm a fan of your past work as well. 
I Thank do you. think it's not just the airplane anger. I think, in, you know, if you think a lot of, you know, mass transit observational comedy, but I think in, in a way, if I were to distill what some of your new special it's, is about, it's, it's about sort of wondering about misdirected anger and people not being self-aware. And that's where a lot of anger, I think, comes from. You know, I was involved in a road rage incident myself recently where a guy attacked me, tried to attack me in a Costco parking lot. And it was wow. missed. And I didn't do anything. Like I was driving. He tried to, but like I was leaving the, I know it's not cool to talk about the Costco, but I'm going to do it for a second. I'm sorry. I, I have a family. I got to go to the Costco sometimes. <laughs> don't, don't judge me. I don't know what to say. I'm not judging you at all. I love okay. Costco. Okay. What an what a, <laughs> interesting warehouse of magic. You can get a TV and a, a tub of mayonnaise you can live in. The place is ridiculous. It's, it is pretty ridiculous. Absolutely. Hot dogs and optometry, I think is the common joke I, I see sometimes. <laughs> that should be the, their tagline. <laughs> it should be. So anyway, I'm leaving the gas station area, which if anyone's been to the Costco, you know, it's like, crossing the border custom it's like you're in a lineup forever then you get the gas and then you're supposed to shuffle through the the mainland grocery store parking lot and i'm leaving that area and this guy you know i'm in a flow of traffic i'm not doing anything i'm going like 15 kilometers an hour and he just tries Mm -hmm. to butt in and he, he almost hits it's at a point where he almost drives right into my driver's side door and I stop and I kind of glance at him, but I just, I'm like, I have no choice. I have to keep going. Anyway, he starts to, he gets in somehow behind me and then he sidles up to me, t- tries to sideswipe me three times. And it was ridiculous. And then he got out of his car. At one point, oh, I pulled the top gun. You know the top gun where someone is driving, uh, uh, they're trying to go past you and you put pump the brakes and they fly past you. Do you know what that means? Do you know, you know the top? Yeah, I, get, I, I get it. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. so I did, I did that. He flew past me, got out of his car. And then I'm like, oh, oh no. Cause I, have you, you're not, you, I know you talk about anger. You don't get in fights. Do you? you ever been in a fight? Like as an adult? As an adult, no. Yeah. I, I've never had. No. No. So I was like, oh no, what am I, what is this? I was just going to the Costco. And then he did that. <laughs> and then he got out and I just drove past him. I tried to drive around him and he bashed my side view mirror and, you know, they retract or whatever. And then wow. I, it was insane. I haven't talked about this with anyone. So I'm sorry to give you the full details, but that was, no, a, I love it. But that was an incident where I'm like, what is happening to society? I, yes. I don't get in these incidents. I've never have. And anyway, I tried to drive around the lot. He tailed me for quite a while and I left. I will tell you, I left the Costco. I'm like, I don't want to get out of the Costco or the car to go to the Costco. If this guy's lurking around waiting for me, uh huh. Is that was that the right call to leave? So you got nothing? You did you were you, were you already inside? No, 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 no. I was I was in? getting gas. No, I got nothing. I decided to get gas first, wow. and then I tried to park, and then this guy kept following me. So I left. Wow. I left the whole lot and went back onto the main road and thought, well, this is insane. I don't want to be a chicken. Circled back into the lot, saw the guy parking. So I don't know what his status was either. Maybe he was like me. Get the gas, go to the Costco. And then he, we made eye contact as I saw him. He was backing into a parking spot. He's that kind of guy. Who backs into yeah. the parking lot at the Costco? So he's that guy. So something really intense about this fellow. So I left. I went home. My family and I together, I brought troops. We went later in the evening. I, I wow. decided, sorry, I didn't mean to tell the story to you, but I just thought we were talking I about anger. It. Anyway, it's, it's Costco well, makes it, people it, crazy. Yeah, no, but this okay. So that guy, <laughs> yes, there's who, who knows what's going on in his life, right? Yeah. But for some reason, he's decided to take it out on you, yeah, or whoever else he ran into that day, whoever he decides needs an arm bar in some aisle of a grocery store. 
I used to say this to people when I worked at a call center because working at a call center, people would just call and scream at me, threaten my life, want me dead. Huh. And I'm sitting there and I'd be like, hey, we should both be mad at whoever runs this place. Yeah. I, don't, I don't run anything here. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to get mad at you. You shouldn't get mad at me. There's somebody somewhere sitting on a beach laughing at the fact that you and me are mad at each other while they get rich. Yeah. And... So I, I, I don't want to, you know what I mean? I, I try not to get mad at uh, regular stupid things that are going on because <laughs> none of this really matters. There's bigger things happening. You and me aren't really mad at each other. You're mad at this. I'm mad at this. And now we're taking it on on uh, each other. And it's really, it's just crazy, man. It's, yeah. It, it is, yeah. It's crazy. Society does seem to be breaking down. No, I, I appreciate that what you're saying. I will also tell you, as uh, people who listen to my show regularly know, I talk about this all the time. Since becoming a parent, I've come to the conclusion that when you're angry at someone, you're at least 85% of you is actually just mad at yourself. So if you're, Mm. this guy was late for something, maybe he was already late for something and he thought in with me driving 10, 15 kilometers of an hour in a parking lot, I made him even later. You know, although again, he as I said, I think he was going to the Costco. What could you? Maybe he had a date with a hot dog. I don't know. My point is, mm-hmm. I think when you're mad at people, like you, you talk about this a lot in your act. Like people mad about their financial situation, mad about the subway being late, mad about this, mad mm-hmm. about that. But really, if you're mad in traffic, you're probably like, "Fuck, I should have left an hour earlier," and I didn't, and that's on me. But I'm going to take it out on the you know 1997 volkswagen jetta in front of me instead of (laughs) blaming myself do do you feel this way that we're all a little mad at ourselves when we're actually lashing out at the world or the companies or whatever yeah no i can agree with that for sure i I think there is less and less uh, uh, personal accountability uh due to I don't know many things i i feel the the pandemic sort of sped that up yes everybody that you see in your magic box is not real. So when you see them in real life, they're also not real. Yeah. It's almost like people kind of act like everybody is um, an NPC in the, in their video game. Yeah. So, you know, if you're playing a video game and you're like walking through a little town and you're like, maybe I'll just punch the guy that sells potions. You can do that. <laughs> and nobody really cares. I feel that's kind of where we are. And people, instead of looking internally about what they did with the situation, dude, the other day, actually, I was in an airport, and some woman was running through the airport. She almost, she didn't, but she almost hit a guy and his elderly mother. Oh. So the guy goes, hey, watch it. And she stops and yells, excuse me? And he goes, watch it. You almost hit my mom. And she goes, yeah, but I didn't. Uh And he goes, yeah, but watch where you're going. And then so she stops running and comes up to him, and now they're like in a small argument. And I'm like... First of all, the guy, I get why he said, watch it. You know, his mom's there. She didn't hit his mom, but I get it. But now, okay, this other lady, she's willing to what? Miss a flight that she was just running to. She's The gate's closing. She's willing to miss a flight (laughs) to fight somebody who just said, watch out for my mom. It's insanity. It's crazy. And then if she missed the flight, missed a wedding or wherever the hell she's going... She'd be like, oh, yeah, I had to miss it because this other idiot. Yeah. What do you mean this other idiot? Yeah. You yelled at a guy in front of a Yogenfruz. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's exactly where we're at. And I don't, I don't want to be this person necessarily, but I do think we can all agree that something happened 
let's say around 2015, 16, where I feel okay. like as a, as a, as a civilization, it's, it uh-huh. felt to me culturally we were engrossing ourselves in self-awareness. All these like mockumentary shows, like if you think about all the sitcoms that were popular from The Office, the British one onwards, like these mockumentaries, right? I really feel like we were all kind of like, it's important to be self-aware and all the depictions we see in culture were making fun of people who aren't self-aware from like Seinfeld, Larry Sanders show, Christopher Guest movies. Like we're laughing at these people, but hopefully also being like, shit, I don't want to be like that. And then somewhere around 2015, it went from complete self-awareness, I think, to both selfishness, but also there's no accountability. I can just say and do whatever I want and nothing will happen to me. And I don't know if you would agree that there's maybe been some sort of shift since, like I say, and I'm not pointing any fingers at any one person, but let's say around 2015, <laughs> something happened in the world that seemed to embolden people to think yeah. it, nothing matters. I can behave any way I want, and, and it's important to have a temper tantrum in public uh, for me mm-hmm. and my well-being. Do you get where I'm coming from here? Do you think there's been a shift? I Yes, I think definitely in the last few years... Um, this has become more of a thing, and uh, I guess that also means that it was there, but the lid was on it, mm-hmm. and people did have some sort of uh, self-respect, dignity, yeah. something. Decorum. A- a- decorum. And yeah. now, my God, they will <laughs> fight strangers, and then again, blame every single other person. They'll go all the way to jail. Vish, they'll go all the way to jail. They'll yes. be sitting in a cell, yeah. and somebody will go, what are you in here for? Some idiot, some guy yeah. cut me off at a gas station, so I had to murder him and his family. Yeah. What? What? Did, 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 say that again? Yeah. Did you hear yourself? Yeah. Zero, zero, zero accountability, empathy for anybody. Projection. It's, it's Just become, blaming everyone for everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost become, um, you almost kind of feel that this is how a lot of teachers would have felt at some point in time. Dealing with children, like children, well, that's, literal but, children. But that's what I'm saying. As I'm a, my kids are like 11 and eight, and they're great. I love them, and they're not particularly temperamental. They're not. They're not violent. They are very sweet, but mm-hmm. but they will melt down with us more than they will at school or whatever else. And and mm-hmm. and it's a challenge. So I'm telling you, yeah, I don't mean to infantilize an entire civilization of people, but it does feel mm-hmm. like we're regressing. And I feel like when people tag you as being angry, as a... Sorry, Nathan, do you consider yourself an observational comic? Uh, I, I, I don't know. Sure. I'm not sure. I guess so. I've never really thought about it. Has that definition... So sorry. Uh, do you know what I mean there in terms of any other yeah. kind of <laughs> genre of stand-up? Like, yeah. you, are talk- <laughs> you are talking about sort of universal things that we can all relate to from a unique perspective. Like, that's kind of what I'm... I'm sorry, I'm not even trying to characterize you. That's how I would characterize what observational comedy means to me. Like, do you, mm-hmm. does that fall in line with what you do? I believe so, yeah. I I, yeah. I, I didn't take anything you said there as any sort of a slight. Um, <laughs> I guess I, I should just say, but I will, I will cut you off in a gas station. Um, <laughs> I've just, I guess I've just never really thought about it uh, in terms of what what the uh the description of it would be but yeah no I, I i can go with that that definition for sure yeah so where i'm coming from and what the subtext of that is i think is uh 
the comedians I look up to who who operate in that sort of realm, whether they mean to or not, I think they're performing a little bit of like uh, this behavioral psychology kind of stuff. Like it's almost anthropological when someone says, you know, the cliche is, have you ever noticed? Why do we do this? Can you believe we do this? Mm-hmm. But 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 I watch your crowd, like I watched your special and I was watching how the audience was reacting to what you were saying. And there's that, it's not only laughing, it's the visceral recognition of like, right, it's mm-hmm. it's bizarre that we all do this. So, sorry, I don't. I I only I only sort of hedge my bets by defining you because I don't like to be pigeonholed myself, and I imagine you don't probably either. I well, I guess because certain people would watch me and think different things, right? So yeah. so whatever they think is what they think. I can't really uh, think about it too too much. I'm trying to find other things to yell about um <laughs> one it, it, you just kind of touched on a little bit is is uh i agree with you i think we are absolutely regressing right back yeah. into slime i think we'll soon be back in ponds really sincerely you think that uh i'm i guess i'm exaggerating about the pond aspect but um yeah no i i i absolutely do i i think um we have invited in the regression and we are we are reveling in it we Mm. i think deep down we don't like it but publicly people love it man you 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 watch people watch tiktok and um it is a sad sad visual people are scrolling past murder dancing jokes fights and they have the exact same expression on their face for all of it. Did total des- um, yeah, total dehumanization and desensitize like we're all desensitized to like this pa- I don't know about you man, but like the these death tolls for this pandemic and the fact that the you know the covid thing is like the third highest uh killer of people. People. Like that that is pretty <laughs> that we are people and I think you're right. Like we there's are people. all of these like the bird flu now as we're speaking is a thing. All these viruses are oozy. And you're right. We might be. <laughs> they're turning us potentially. They're they're going to lead us down a road where we will just become some sort of primordial ooze. I guess is what you. Yeah. 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 We're gonna go. Yeah. Directly into a New York City uh, sewer and um, <laughs> make Ninja Turtles again. The um, the uh, yeah. I don't know, man. Uh, 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 there's okay. So a small stupid thing. Sure. The Comedy Cellar in New York. Uh, one of the bathrooms, so they have four different rooms. One of the rooms, you have to go downstairs to another club to use the bathroom, okay? Mm-hmm. And uh, it should be a pretty simple procedure. You walk down some stairs, you open a door. The bathroom is basically right there. Countless times, countless. And I'll, and I'll talk to the security guys about this who are right by the door. People come out of the bathroom and have no idea where they are. Mm. They, they Their sense of direction is... Is gone. Gone. Huh. They they didn't. They don't even know that they just came through this door. They literally walk around. They touch the walls. They're like, "How do I get out of here?" And you're like, "And I would only assume that that's mostly because people don't look at anything anymore. Yeah. They're always on their phones. Yeah. Every map is is laid out for them. Uber takes them to where they don't look anywhere. They don't look at anything. Right. So these people can't even go into one room and come back out <laughs> and know. I I think. If there wasn't anybody to tell them where the door is to go back outside, they would just lay down on the floor and just wait 
for death. <laughs> like, you know, I, mean, you know, I, I agree with you because uh, I've told this story as well before. When I was a kid, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'll tell you right now, Nathan, I'm around, I'm, I'm around 45 years old. So when I was a kid, <laughs> I would have 30 phone numbers in my head. All yes. of my friends, I would call them on the phone and have to make chit-chat with their parents. And then I would talk to my friend and say, do you want to go play hockey? Do you want to whatever? So we go, that's what I would do. And now I couldn't tell you my best friend's phone number. And, uh, yep. and I, and my kids are growing up this way too. Like we're in the car and they're messing with my phone. They're like, Hey Siri, play this song. And oh, now I just turned on Siri. I, I didn't, sorry, Siri, shut up. I didn't mean to, tr- I actually literally turned on my phone. Sorry. <laughs> I said it and it, I, I conjured it. But my point is, I think, it's hard not to sound like an old man. I preface this by saying my age and I, I'm guessing you and I are around the same vintage or you're maybe a bit younger than me. I'm 37. Oh, wow. Okay. Sorry. You're, you're way younger than me, but it's hard not to sound like an old person. Would you agree when you say things like this? Like we're regressing. People don't know how to function without their phones. I feel the same. And I feel like our brains are going to evolve into, yeah, you don't need to remember anything. Because you saved it all on your phone or your phone yes. will get you out of a bathroom. Don't you think our brains are also like, I'm not a scientist, but are we not devolving? I said regressing in a sort of decorum, yeah. how devolving we treat each other. Are we devolving? I think we are. Yes. Okay. Yes. We're taking all critical thinking and throwing it away. Yes. And critical thinking is basically what separates us. From the slime, we have we have the ability to use our brains to think, and we have decided to give all of that thought to Alexa. And you do, yes, you risk the oh god, you sound like an old man. Hey, okay, great, I don't care. You know what's funny? You get a little bit older, and you go, they were they were right. Yes, <laughs> like I, I I I get really. He's 70. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He's lived here a long time. He might have an idea. <laughs> he survived. It's only because you have a, a machine that plays a bunch of stuff. How, how are you smarter than that guy? Yeah. He knows how to get out of a room. <laughs> he knows where his kitchen is, yeah. for God's sake, without asking a machine. And the more that we give up all of these things to to tech, we are becoming less human yes like one day there will not be any real interactions at all and i'll I'll go i'll go this far with you vish (laughs) the people that make this tech stuff and uh and again look some of it is amazing dude i grew up playing just about nothing but video games it was the best the best yeah some of these things though are much much deeper than that obviously and the people that make a lot of the tech stuff don't really have a lot of humanity in in their eyes yeah the 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 tech the the super tech giants they're not even really a part of humanity as a whole so they make a thing that it then sinks humanity because what do they care they're not they're barely human as it is yeah. they can't look at you yeah they rotate in circles they twitch and then we all adopt this stuff, and we're like, "Oh, it's fine. Look, I can send a a, a, a video faster." Mm-hmm. But then, you know, everybody's laying on the ground, <laughs> becoming goo. <laughs> I would agree. I would agree. And you mentioned uh, critical thinking there, and I think for me, one of the things that has always interested me about comedy and why I, I will I will admit I kind of look up to some comedians 
is because I think a lot of the observational stuff is critical thinking. So I wonder what it, how it makes you uh, feel as someone who, if you buy my argument, have engrossed yourself and, and made a, a vocation out of critical public critical analysis when people <laughs> seem less like as a whole. I, I don't think this is true of everyone, but we if we all agree that we're heading towards becoming mindless ooze. Mm-hmm. As a as a critical thinking person yourself, and that's your job, how does that make you feel? Like, how does it make you feel like... We used to... Comedians often talk about there being a tough crowd. You know, oh, a tough crowd tonight. <laughs> what about a crowd that doesn't care about anything? Like a nihilistic, <laughs> brainless crowd. Like, that's where you're heading, aren't you? Uh-huh. Do you face these yeah, crowds? Yeah, I've talked about this with comedians a bunch. I, I say in a few years... If anybody's still going to stand up, they're going to be violently twitching. Yes. From so, d- dude, dude, the the <laughs> years ago, and I've been trying to figure this out in terms of like joke stuff, but I'll just say this to you in like a years ago, people used to tell us, "Do not sit close to the TV, don't stand close to the microwave." Yes. We put both of those things together <laughs> and we hold them four inches from our eyes. There is no way this is good. It's just an impossibility. And you can see it in people who grew up on it. Yeah. It's um it's just different. Yeah. And and when people go, Yeah, but again, you're an old person, you go, Okay, yes, but again, just just stand back and look at it. And, and and look at what's being made. Look at what we're creating. Look at what people are becoming. Yeah. Look at people mentally breaking down online because somebody might have called them a thing yeah. or didn't call them a thing. Yeah. Visibly shaken, rattled, <laughs> crying, shattered. <laughs> well, I, like, th- I think you and I have diff- uh, unique perspectives on this. I think maybe me... In particular, given just how much older I am than you, I started using the internet as a teen when it kind of was first around. And I then, because of this, like I said, I was, I'm, I, at one point, my brain, I, my brain was taught to retain information. And then I, then the, the whole sort of zeitgeist shifted. And I kind of remember both things. I remember my brain when it remembered yes. everything. And now I, I, I'm aware and self-aware that, and with my kids that I worry about it, that their brains are not going to potentially retain information the same way. And that's got to affect their memory and their cognitive ability. Like I can't not, again, I'm not a doctor or a scientist, but I can't help but think this is true. So what I'm getting mm-hmm. at is as my generation starts to die out, and, and, and like, maybe you can relate to what I'm saying. Like, do you, maybe you have memories of sort of pre-internet life and pre, I mean, be, beyond I being like a child. I mean, beyond it existing, I mean. So maybe you have, yeah. maybe you have that. As we start to go, this whole narrative is going to go and no one's going to even think twice about the fact that they're just robots everywhere. I mean, again, by that point, I think you're right. We'll all be ooze, but still yeah. for those who survive, <laughs> they're not going to even yeah. think twice about the fact that they've just surrendered their, cognitive abilities to machines. Mm-hmm. I don't have a point here. I just want to point out that I think you and I occupy when people say we yes. sound like old men because I think that's what it is. You, you, we 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 ridicule old people for remembering something that yes. doesn't exist anymore. That's kind of insane. Like and 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 in this world where everything's intangible. Like you're special Nathan. 15 years ago, 
someone would have probably sent it to me on DVD to review, uh, you know, a tangible yes. thing. And I have all of those DVDs still. I have my, uh, you can't see this. I have my record collection. I have my CDs. Am I an old man because I like tangible things? Or do I think it's ahistorical to never have anything? Sorry, I'm on a bit of a run today and I apologize. No, no, I, yeah. I, I have this uh, discussion all the time. Uh, I own DVDs. I buy movies that I want. Yeah. And the reason is, and friends will make fun of me for this, but I'll go, Netflix or whoever is not going to tell me when I can watch Terminator, if ever. Yes. If if you don't own anything, one day a streaming service just says, this doesn't exist anymore, and mm-hmm. where do you get it? Yeah. Where would it be? If they yeah. if they take it off of the thing, where is it? But that's what, happening. Where is it? That's happening. I know. They're all doing it now. Everyone was like, why do you have... Anything. Why do you have people would ask me why I have books, which I found scary on two levels. It is. Yep. But I'm like, yeah, well, and also I will tell you as someone who grew up when I did, I was looking at my CD collection the other day because someone was in the house and we were giving them a little tour of this place. And I said, yeah, honestly, 60% of these uh, records were made by independent artists in the early to mid 2000s or whatever. They don't, if it wasn't for this CD, those artists, the bands broke up. They quit music. They didn't bother to put stuff on all of these stupid things. Uh, mm-hmm. Except I, I respect Bandcamp. I just want to say Bandcamp seems good because the artists actually get the money. But all I'm getting at is if I didn't have this archive downstairs, and I will also say, by the way, Nathan, I don't have a CD player. The only one I have is in, in our car, but I don't actually have one because we moved and I just didn't bring one with me and I haven't thought to buy a new one because it is a vaguely... I'm on the fence about that. It's it's obsolete, but I also think it's important. Does that make sense? Like, I think it's important to 100%. keep it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, if it wasn't for me having that stuff down there, it wouldn't be accessible in any way. So I follow your... By the way, I'm sure... Is the Terminator must be on most? The Terminator's big. Are they, have they taken the Terminator off of the things? Can I tell you why I bought Terminator? First of all, it's it might be on something right now, but yeah. it, it was gone for a while. Yeah. Terminator, I bought it solely because of... Uh, one, it's fantastic. Two... Terminator Dark Fate did so terribly that I thought, oh, they're just going to bury this whole thing. Oh. So I went and got Terminator <laughs> to know that it existed ever in this world. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I bought Network for that reason. You, you're not going to get... We're going to find... I got... Uh, <laughs> what do I got up there? I got uh, They Live, Yeah. Alien, RoboCop... I mean, just certain things that I'm like, I think these movies are great. And, uh, you know, one day they might be gone. And also, you know what? We could we could circle this all the way back to the beginning of this conversation. Yes. So, okay. I have, over the last little while, uh, been sort of trying to de-internet, de-screen, de-whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Sundays, I don't look at social media at all. I've stopped looking at YouTube uh, for the most part. But... Uh, people listening shouldn't go check out my special thing. But um, there's a link in the podcast. The pandemic, there's a link in the podcast description. Please watch Nathan's special. Yes, sorry, <laughs> sorry to interrupt. During the pandemic, I got addicted to YouTube, just straight up and down addicted to yeah. it. I mean, it's so easy to there, you. You can literally watch everything. Yeah. And I noticed that that is uh, that's not good. It made me feel kind of depressed and sad all the time, and I didn't really understand why. So I stopped looking at it as much. Now my days are longer, but in a good way. But mentally, I feel less fogged when I'm not looking at stuff all the time. I just feel Mm -hmm. better. So 
to bring this all the way back, that man in that gas station could also be under a digital spell that has is is making his um he's jumping to things quicker because he's fried. Yeah, you know what I mean. Fair enough. And I, I mean, I was upset about the situation that had never happened to me before. Uh, I also should have said, uh, generally, I'm a good driver. I'm a good driver. I've never been in an accident. I, I'm a good. I'm good. Actually, that's not true. I, in high school, I, uh, I rear-ended a car and and it rear-ended the at the stoplight. I rear-ended a car gently and it hit, the, but it hit the car in front of it. Car in front of it happened to be my vice principal in my high school. How about that? I thought that was weird. Wow. Yeah, that was bad. Anyway, otherwise. I was whatever. I was lying to my parents. I told them I was going to the library, but I was really going to buy a drum kit. And I'm a terrible liar. And I think it uh, distracted me. I had uh, brain fog. (laughs) I had dishonest brain fog. (laughs) And I think most people honestly do now. Like if you, just any single human person listening, take two days and stop looking at things. Try it. You do whatever you want. Do whatever you want. I get it. It's so fun to just fade away into the the musings that are 15-second clips. But you'll feel different if you're not looking at things all the time. You just, you just, you just will. And it made me kind of go, it makes me mad, honestly, at a person like Zuckerberg. It makes me very angry that we have let people who literally watched half of a movie about robots in the 80s, half, and then went, oh, I got to make that robot. And it's like, fin- finish the movie, man. Yeah. Finish yeah. it. Because the mo- they kill us every time. Every single time. Finish We Terminator. have to stop them. <laughs> every time. There's not. There's n- none of them that we live, oh, look, they're cool, blah, blah, blah. No, 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 not, no. That we got to. I don't know, man. It's it's. Uh, I can't it's, tell if sci-fi is uh, prescient or self-fulfilling prophecy at this point. You know what I mean? Self-fulfilling. I think it is, right? Yes. If 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 people who made these movies at the time had only been like, oh, in the future, there'll be no more cancer, then people would have taken the time to figure that out. But since they went, oh, look, you'll be able to video phone somebody. That's the thing that people decided to make. Or right. you'll yeah. be able to... Talk to a wall, and it will answer your questions. That's the thing that people decided to make. The other yeah. stuff, they didn't. But, you know, th- these are the sadder things. I'll never have it. Yeah. A- this is now me going on a tangent. Fish, I will never in my life, I don't care. People have offered it to me. People have. I will never have an Alexa, a Google, whatever. I will never in my li- I won't have a smart TV. I won't yeah. do it. I'm not sitting on my couch talking to my TV. I'm not going to do it. If if they stop making these TVs, I just don't have a TV then. And I I, I, I get closer and closer to living in a weird cabin that I build out of pine cones in the woods. No, you're absolutely right. Like I invoked the name of the company or the thing that Apple uses and it mm-hmm. turned on. I have it off. I have the internet off. I have it on do not disturb. But I said those two words and my phone came to life. It's very scary. And, you know, back to the memory thing. I talked about phone numbers. My friends would marvel. I was a TV junkie. I knew every channel. I knew what every network was. You know, I'd say, oh, that's uh, 36. They're like, why do you know that? I'm like, why don't you know that? Again, my we have a cable here at my house. I'm not bragging. And uh, my the, the remote has a microphone on it. So the kids will say, 
put it on the Food Network or whatever the hell they want to watch. And they don't, they don't know the number. And I don't know why I'm obsessed with the numbers. I know it sounds like, I, I just think remembering numbers and years, it's, it, I don't know why. Am I wrong to be obsessed with that particular thing? Like just remembering a, a collection of digits? I don't know why I, I really no, wrestle. No, I, I think yeah. it's, oh, okay. You know what? It, uh, uh, yes. No, I think it's a good thing. And actually to, to now put these things together. So my girlfriend's uh, dad yeah. is legitimately 99 years old. Okay. Oh, wow. His, her mom is his third wife. This man literally, Vish, was in World War II. Okay. Wow. wow. He's going to be 100 this summer. And let me tell you what this guy does. He gets up every morning. He drives to shoppers and buys the paper. And then he works until the afternoon. And then he naps. And then he works again. Do you know what he also does a lot of? He's like a case study. Anytime I'm there, I look at him huh. in this way. He's He has one of the greatest attitudes I've ever seen of any human person. He He is up moving, doing things honest to God, sometimes better than people in their 50s. And I think it's because of his mental state. He reads a ton. He doesn't watch TV. And um, one thing he did when I I was there one time, it's like me and a bunch of uh, uh, their grandkids, so my girlfriend's nieces and that kind of thing, right? Yeah. And he goes, hey, we're going to play this game. It's like a a memory game. And he gets a bunch of, just like a couple of weird items. Mm -hmm. And he goes, okay, look at what's on the table, uh, where it's set up. And then he's like, I'm going to take them away. And then you tell me where they went, you know, on yeah. the table, yeah. like using your memory. Yeah. Um, just what none of us could. And But more so, I was looking at this guy like, oh, this is why this man is <laughs> the way that he is. And, yeah. and, and so up at his age is because he didn't melt his brain. Yeah, he didn't clutter his brain with bullshit. He, he, he has a cute. Yeah, that's 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 a big thing now. Mnemonic devices, yeah. particularly since, I mean, I'll be honest with you, Nathan, I keep talking to people now who have had COVID in the last year and are telling me they can't remember. Like the the things they all I said at the for, beginning yeah. uh, of, of what could happen that a lot of people seem to ignore. I'm hearing about that. I'm hearing, I heard from a musician who told me they and they play in arenas and he's telling me that he's forgetting what he's supposed to be doing in the middle of a song can't remember mm-hmm. what he's supposed to be doing and doesn't know what song they're playing. Like, mm-hmm. and so so the, what I'm getting at is what I've seen a lot of, because I do look at my phone, I'm seeing a lot more articles about what you're describing, like how to keep your memory sharp, how to avoid Alzheimer's, how to avoid mm-hmm. dementia. Like there's more chatter, and I know they're the media I don't trust. I know they're picking up on our fears and all that stuff. Like I, I'm not dumb. But there is clearly something wrong with how we're thinking and what we're doing. Um, and this thing has definitely, because it's both a cardiovascular and a neurological thing, is impacting real people that I know. Telling, I talked to a young, I talked to someone in their 20s this week at work and they were telling me like, I don't know, I've had COVID a couple of times and now I, I used to not have to write anything down and now I'm forgetting things. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm sad. Like I'm very sad for everyone that's mm-hmm. going through this, but sorry, that was a tangent. We've been talking a lot about the human brain and I, I, because this is now a medical podcast. This is now a neurological yes. podcast. Yeah. We're no. getting to the bottom of a lot of things. No, I, uh, once, uh, once, um, a couple of years ago when I had Corona and then started doing stand up, 
Yeah. I would be in the middle of a sentence, forget what it was. I was stumbling over words. I was I was slurring things. It was very weird. And I thought it had to be because of that. And it really freaked me out. And things have gotten better since then. But yeah, yeah for some people, they just have not. And then add on to that, that we're just glaring at screens all the time. And look, I'm not a crazy person. There's yeah. a lot of great stuff to watch. I like watching things. I'm not, you know, but the absolute no barrier to doing it constantly is i think a detriment to all of us and it will uh it will send us to ooze while the people who never cared about humanity ever anyway buy the same hoodie again and have more money than any single country mm-hmm. and um you know they they make weird barbecue videos and they're they're just like strange oddities well yeah i think you're absolutely correct the, the the movie thing that we were discussing and real quick tangent i'm with you I I still collect movies when I when I can and when I think I can afford to. I mm-hmm. uh because we moved from Ontario to Alberta, I had to uh encounter things I forgot I owned. And one thing I discovered was uh I have Spaceballs the movie on VHS, DVD, and most puzzlingly <laughs> Blu-ray. I was like I wow. bought Spaceballs on Blu-ray, but the kids and so the other thing I want to say is uh on Friday nights now uh, since Christmas, uh, I asked for, uh, for Christmas, I asked for like an old timey movie theater style popcorn machine with the kettle. And, yeah. Do you have one of those? Is that what you just said? No, I used to have like one of the <laughs> popcorn makers that sat on a countertop and it spun. Yeah. 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 Not, yeah. Yeah. It's got the kettle and you heat it up and the oil and everything. Mm-hmm. So it's real. So I bought that and I upgraded our uh, home theater thing that we inherited from the people who own this house. And I was like, guys, we're going to have family movie night. Every Friday, we're going to have family movie night. And so the kid, we all each pick uh, a different movie uh, each week. And the kids, That's you know, beautiful. they pick uh, my daughter randomly. Well, not randomly. Uh, I decided one day prior to the establishment of uh, movie night that we would watch Who Framed Roger Rabbit. She loved oh, it. Oh, great movie. Yeah, and she loved it. And so she picked that recently. My son picks different things. but I, And I pick like I picked Rear Window. Uh, by Alfred mm-hmm. Hitchcock. I, I'm trying to be like, let's make this educational. Let's gra- I'm going to grab stuff from my re- small but but pretty good uh, collection. It's interesting watching my son try to sit through a 90 minute movie because I think they're so mm-hmm. used to what you're talking about, soundbite or whatever the equivalent is, uh, real story culture, uh, like short form things uh where it's in and out in and out in and out because i feel like there's something to what we're talking about with the fact that everything is like okay i watched 30 seconds of something my son will often tell me about uh a a movie like the matrix or something and he thinks he knows everything about it because of a meme and that's where i'm coming from like i watch him i watch my son sort of twitch and he can't sit still during like a a movie and i'm like this is an example of what i'm concerned about because he's, he, yes. they're antsy. Sorry, a lot of tangents today. I didn't mean, I know this has nothing to do with you, but I think they're all tangents. I think, no, I think no, it's uh, germane. The, um, yeah. Well, movie, a lot of movies now are in outs. Yes. A lot of movies now are basically 78 reels strung together. Yes. Um, yes. We could also go on about this forever and ever and ever. I'm not a fan <laughs> of the Marvel movies. Yeah. And it's because of that. Yes. Weird little sound bites, odd little buzzwords, tiny little joke vignettes that make no sense and they don't need to be there but it's like hey punching you again ADHD it's like ADHD sit down for a second yeah yeah it's catering to like some sort of ADHD that 
There's some yes. recognition that we all have it now. That we we don't have we don't give things the time. It was interesting watching Jeez, them. Why is that? Why would that be? It's because we've melted our brains to ooze. Yes, and I'm trying to protect that. But my son, in particular, is happiest uh, playing video games with their friends. They talk on, and I'm trying to be cognizant of the fact that we moved my kids and my family across the country, and this is one way they yeah. interact with their friends in Ontario. But. Anyway, there's a lot going on in the world, and I feel like a lot of it comes through in your comedy. And I want to say, usually, yeah, that's how I'm summing it up. You see, you see how I'm trying to summarize it. But what I, what I get it. Interestingly, I usually begin these conversations after the hello. I say, uh, "Where in the world are you?" And I didn't get to do that today because we've been talking a little bit about where you come from uh, in terms of where you've or how you've arrived at the kind of comedy you make. But I, I do think it would be interesting to find out, first of all, where you are, where you actually came from, and maybe within that, how you started interacting with comedy, both as a fan and as a participant, if you will. So I, I just want to get at these things a bit one at a time. Let's begin with where in the world are you today, Nathan? Today, I am in my apartment in New York City. Nice. And I've heard you talk about having apartments in New York City in your act and your relationship mm-hmm. with uh, money. And I, I know <laughs> there's a lot of gold in this uh, latest special about that kind of thing. Uh, how long have you been in New York? Uh, man, 12 years now. Oh, I didn't realize that. Okay, you've been there a long time. And where, where did I you... I didn't really either. The, the, <laughs> the pandemic really added those extra two. Yeah. And yeah, no, I moved here in 2011. It's crazy. I can't believe it's already been 12 years. It's nuts. And do you like it? I know it's expensive. I know it's uh, hard, but do you do you enjoy it? Every place you want to be currently is expensive. Even yeah. places that aren't necessarily where people want to be are getting. The, it, 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 look, living is is not a party. It is, but you know, yeah. Um, yeah. I do really like New York. I mean, I literally I had a, a a meeting with somebody today in the city, basically at Central Park, oh. and you get out of the train and you go. Come on, man! It's gorgeous. <laughs> I, 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 I do really, really like New York City. I do. Right. And where did you move to New York from? I was living in Toronto uh, yeah. before here. I moved to Toronto from Halifax, Nova Scotia, is where I'm originally from. Nice. Yeah, I have a lot of friends from Halifax. Um, I don't know if they're mutuals, but given our age difference, but uh, that's cool. I love that city. So. Growing up, uh, you've ta- you talk about this. You didn't have a particularly luxurious uh, upbringing. Is that fair to say? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I uh, I didn't have a dad. My mom drank. Yeah. Everybody, I everybody I sort of knew at that time. A lot of people eating cigarettes and yelling about the world. Yeah, which is basically what I'm doing now. Except <laughs> I don't have a cigarette. And every once in a while, I I do want to get a pack of Players Light and just. Light up a few and scream about things, but um, <laughs> yeah, I guess it wasn't you know it wasn't the best. But uh, I have this conversation every once in a while with my mom. I personally wouldn't go back and change anything or whatever. I like where I'm at, I, um, you know. So yeah, it, it sort of it sort of was what it was. And most people that I knew at the time growing up in Halifax, where I grew up, that's how everybody was living. That's how everybody right. was going through. Everybody I knew either didn't have a dad or their dad was like. You know, kind of there, maybe everybody's mom was eating cigarettes. It was like it just it just was so the cliche about someone with your background getting into comedy would be uh maybe that was sort of uh coping with uh the hard 
the hard life there. Is there any germ of truth to that for you? Yeah. I mean, my... So two random things. So a lot of people in my family are funny. A lot of people from the East Coast are funny. Just straight up and down. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, doing comedy in Newfoundland is almost like, what are we even doing? Everybody here is a comedian. Absolutely. This is insane. It's absolutely. <laughs> uh, Nova Scotia is a lot like that as well. Yeah. Um, it's getting less so as like, you know, Halifax is a college town, so there's people from kind of all over there. But mm-hmm. um, I mean, the the only interaction I ever had with my dad when I was five, he told me a joke, oh. which is ridiculous. And my mom loved stand-up so stand-up was always kind of on in the house when i was a kid that the first comedian i ever saw was kinnison oh sam kinnison when i was like 10 i i can not to be reductive but i can i can see how that could be a potential influence in your at least the theatricality of your performance style sure him my mom used to watch carlin hmm. and uh i remember being 12 my mom's like you gotta see this and it was uh george carlin's you were all diseased you know a guy <laughs> a guy basically uh, when i was a kid who looked like a wizard um <laughs> wearing all black screaming about banana republic and i i i remember just thinking as a kid i go man this i love it that's so cool i yeah. just loved everything about it so I think there's a few things that made it sort of stick with me and made it the thing that I wanted to do just sort of weirdly organically. The one time you talked to your father, he told you a joke and your mother played you (laughs) Carlin. Like that is almost Hollywood origin story style stuff. Uh, Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. It sounds like somebody would make it. If somebody, (laughs) yes, if somebody was to write it as a movie be like this is how a guy became a comedian everybody go come on man well, stop it and I don't want to pry but I what's the c- joke well I can only assume that uh, you know you felt some trauma from your father's absence I, I would guess I'm guessing is that fair uh, yeah it's pretty fair okay so I'm just saying <laughs> the one interaction you have with him telling you a joke and then you become a comedian again I don't mean to be reductive, but do you think there's something to that? Like something like, oh, this person that I that has been an absence in my life, but I also somehow intrinsically look up to went for a joke. So maybe I should, too. You know what I mean? I do. I don't know that I looked up to. I think up until. Well, first of all, I used to have a joke about it. I used to tell the joke on stage and then I would say, you know, and then he disappeared and uh, I, I always think, oh, it was crazy. Like, how could somebody do that? When I grow up, I'll never do that. Like, when I grow up, I'll totally tell better jokes than my dad. <laughs> um, but um, I think if I'm being serious with you, uh, over the last couple of years, actually, I've been able to close the chapter on that a little bit for myself because it was very, yes, it, it definitely has shaped a lot of who I am. Yeah without me even knowing it. Not having a dad is probably just as strong as having a dad. Yeah. There's uh you're, you're some you know you're you're shaped by this person whether they're there or not, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Absolutely. But um Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I I think honestly part of first of all I loved stand up as a kid, but also I think a little bit of that was I I thought sadly in a in a way that that people People look up to these people, and people people uh, talk about them. And I think somewhere deep inside me, 
I started stand-up a little bit because I thought one day this person will see me somewhere and we will reconnect. Oh, wow. That's heavy. That's heavy shit. It is. And and it's even weird for me to talk about, but, you know, what are we doing? I I am also sort of kind of getting to the point of like, I just kind of want to say where I'm at, you know, and not hide things or be weird. No, and I I, I hope I... uh... I, I started off saying I didn't want to pry. You say, what are we doing? And I assume you mean, what are we talking about right now? <laughs> no, 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 no. I okay. mean, like, in, in, in life. The, the, oh, I see. The idea, I spent a lot of time, I spent a lot of time hiding the fact that, like, from certain people that I grew up the way that I did or any of that type of thing. Yeah. And one day you just sort of go, and I mean, maybe this for you has been punched in harder having a uh, having children. Um, we only have... I guess so much time here and what are we doing? I guess when I say that, what are we doing? What are we doing not trying to be uh, or talk about who we actually are? Yeah. I guess, I guess yeah. that's what I'm trying to say, you yeah. know? So so that's what I mean. So even me saying the thing, I, if I'm being serious with you, Vish, I think that's the first time I've ever said that uh, on a thing before. Oh. But also, cool, what are we doing? Who cares? In, in the way of, yeah, that is what it is. That's, that's a thought that I definitely would have had deep down at some point in time yeah. and um yeah man i don't know i i i, I uh whatever i, I stand up was going to be a thing at i'm going on now a tangent but uh stand up was probably going to be a thing at some point in time regardless just because of you know certain things that happened in my life yeah well listen i appreciate your candor and again i will for a third canadian time apologize <laughs> If I've pride, but I I do think no, you have uh, not pride. Okay, I appreciate that. Um, so yeah, and and again, I don't want to be reductive, but you say Kinnison and Carlin, and goddamn man, I hear that now. I can. This is the danger of citing an influence, right? People go, aha, this makes sense. Mm-hmm. But if I think of how, so Nathan, I hope it's clear to you. I really think you're one of the smartest comedians going. Uh, I I appreciate your observations. I can see in any footage I've seen, including your new special, that the audience is is receiving it, like I say, on an intellectual and a visceral level, which is a real testament to your talent. Like you're hitting people in a in a sorry, that sounded physical and mean. You're 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 reaching people, I suppose, is what I'm getting at. You're it's resonating with them. So I just want to say it's very smart and it's very and you're doing so well right now, if I might say it feels like you're doing well. Do you feel like you're doing particularly well at the moment? Uh, yeah. I mean, um, <laughs> yes. Stay, com- comedy's, comedy's weird, man. The, the, so the other day, two wild things happened that kind of coincided out of pure randomness. Yeah. I don't know, man. Yes. But I, also, uh, I guess, I guess it takes me a long time to, to get there because you, you, you spend so much time in stand up sort of banging your head at a, at a wall or like performing at, uh, the fox and the fiddle to nobody. Yeah. Um, so then when anything is sort of kind of going okay, for me anyway, I go, well, that can't be right. So I go right back into like, all right, well, I'm not even going to think about it. You know, but but currently speaking, yes, things are going okay. <laughs> I think the, I think where you're, you're right, rightly, I think, uh, sort of uh, hedging is it reminded me of a thing that happened to me once where uh, before we moved to Alberta, we were visiting here and we were at my uh, parents-in-law's uh, 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 kitchen table. And my wife goes, uh, yeah, so uh, uh, Vish's podcast was actually mentioned in the New York Times. 
And mm-hmm. uh, one of the parents went, one of the parents went, uh, oh, thank you. One of the parents goes, oh, wow. But the dad goes, what does that mean? And I go, because <laughs> uh, he was basically like, what does that actually mean? Like back to your what are we doing question, which I know wasn't related to it. But that's what the subtext, like, what does that get you? Does that make you money? Does that, what is, is that a measure? Why is that a marker of success is the way I took it just because I'm sensitive to mm-hmm. uh, parental judgment. But mm-hmm. um, I don't know if you were alluding to that, but those two things that happened. But I, as I recall, you were profiled in the New York Times, which was great. Jason Zinneman, yeah. great writer, uh, made a point of spotlighting your special along with uh, Mark Marins and, <laughs> and Roseanne's. And then uh, I think the same week you were on The Tonight Show, maybe. Is that... It was the same day. Same day. So New York loved you. Uh, New York loved one of its own on the same day. And and then that day goes by. Just like, like my, I, I will take uh, what my father-in-law said with some measure of diplomacy because it stuck with me. I'm like, yeah, what does anything I'm doing mean? Uh, it, yep. it haunts me, I guess, is what I'm saying. And maybe not the best way because I usually don't think about how something's going, I just do. I just do it. And yep. every once in a while, I feel good about it. And every once in a while, I feel ter- terrible about it. But I just keep, like a shark, I just keep moving. And I keep looking for food. That's a weird analogy. Yes. But but um, I assume you've got the same, like, okay, I got a hug on a Monday. By Friday, someone's probably going to give me a slap. And I just got to shore up. Is that maybe your outlook? Yeah, and I think it's also a pretty Canadian of us to not accept our wins. Yes, you know. Yes, but uh, to to say this now because okay, your father-in-law <laughs> is on one hand right. Yes, what does this mean in terms of your financial or your or just security yeah. in general? Yeah, right. Yeah, does that make money? Okay, great. That's one way to look at it. It's cold, it's dark, <laughs> and it's very. What does any of it mean if you're not being paid for yes, it? Yes, fair enough. Okay? Yeah. The second part of that, what's it mean? Because this had to be yelled at me. And I know that, again, well, who cares? Blah, blah, blah. The New York Times is probably, arguably, the most famous newspaper on earth. Yes. Okay. So, so to be mentioned in there at all for the creative thing that you do, and now I'm talking about you. Yeah. That's what it means. It, no, I know. <laughs> people say this to me every once in a while of like, um, comedians like to do this, right? If you do if you do something on TV, they go, well, what'd you get? What you got was the TV thing. Yes. That's what you got. What does yes. that mean? It means that my name, Vish, from a podcast, <laughs> which is basically plugging a a, a, a a stupid piece of equipment into another thing <laughs> taking a cord and recording it yeah that yeah. was mentioned in a thing do you know how many yeah. podcasts there are Sir, yeah I know father-in-law there's billions of them yeah so I, and I take that question as what is a podcast even like what does it mean from his generation's point of view is I don't understand most of these words except New York Times so I just took it as a judgment because I'm used to that yes. that's how I feel I'm Part of me thinks I'm doing stuff out of spite. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to, yeah, to no, prove to prove some invisible doubters wrong, uh, yep. my parents included, um, who have been lovely and supportive. Like I love them, but it was <laughs> it was weird growing up as an Indian kid in Canada, 
they felt like, what the hell? We moved to, we moved to Canada. These kids better be doctors or lawyers or we screwed up. And, mm-hmm. uh, we better arrange some marriages quick. Like all that stuff. It was all in my, I, I can't discount it. It's all part of me, right? So it, it does feel like I'm trying to prove somebody wrong with everything I do. Sorry, this wasn't meant to be about me, but I, I feel like you maybe have a bit of that in you too. 100%. And okay. also, Vish, you know what's funny? A lot of doctors and lawyers have podcasts. <laughs> it's true. So this this whole, again, I, I, I would take it exactly how you took it. As yeah. So I can only say this from the outside because if that was said to me, I would also take it that way of like, oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Didn't, I didn't really get money or blah, blah, blah. But here's the thing. you In some small way, you did get money yeah. because it yeah. it elevates what it is that you're doing and it gets it out to more people. So just on a small scale, dollars and cents wise, more eyes are looking at, uh, more ears are listening. So like it does help. Um, I, I know I know it's mainstream media, but Nathan, yes. and I'm not, this is not meant to be a brag. I'm like, I can honestly say that this stupid little thing I make at my house Mm-hmm. has been profiled in the New York Times, the Rolling Stones, Spin, all of the big things that were big to yes. me as a kid. Uh, the Atlantic, Fader, like every every major... The fact that a press outlet would take any time to, to promote yes. another media outlet says something about what I'm doing. Yes. But at the same time, if I look at my Patreon or whatever else... It does get you down. And I'll just say that. Like, I, I, yeah. I, I will say, like, yes, I have to have a day job. Yes, I have a mortgage. I have kids. Like, it, it is a weird, low-paying hobby, and that's where I think I get sensitive about it. Like, what I, as you can tell today, I spend some time uh, researching my guests and talking to my guests. Anyway, this was not how I meant to end the show. I just wanted to tell you <laughs> that I think maybe we come from how we create things and why we create things from some similar ways i guess is what i is that a way to tie a bow on this yes and and lastly i greatly apologize you, you, this man was not 100 percent wrong but also my god man if we don't accept some of the good things that come with this then literally we might as well go live under a bridge because everything <laughs> is much too hard everything yeah. is much too hard to not yeah. every once in a while look at a thing and go yes I, i'm doing well this thing yes. is going okay, and yeah. then moving forward. Because without yeah. taking any single um, breath of of oh oh okay, things are going in a good direction. You you just it's it's unsustainable, man. We can't yeah. we cannot live this way. Yeah. Well, I'm aligned with you on that. I'm aligned with you in a lot of things. I really love your comedy, and it's been a pleasure to spend time with you, Nathan. If people want to learn more about you and this new special, uh, where would you like to direct them? Uh, well, the special Money Never Wakes is on YouTube. In that same thing, I have uh, my Instagram on there, which is at Nathan McIntosh, NathanMcIntosh.com for upcoming shows. And yeah, these, these are the places. And do you have, beyond shows, do you have future plans that you can share with us at this point? Well, uh, for Canadian people, I have the, the second season of Trapped coming out soon. It's on uh, 5 TV. It's me, Jonathan Torrance, and Ron James. Oh. And it's a show I wrote about basically I go home to visit my mom and my old boss blackmails me into working at the store that I walked out of. <laughs> and um, yeah, the second season of that is coming coming soon to people in Canada. Okay, more info about that on your website, I imagine? or Yes. Okay, all right. I will link to such things 
in the pod description. <laughs> uh, and so people can click on them themselves. So sorry for making you tell. I, you know, sometimes it's interesting. People no, say, I won't tell it. People say, uh, I don't use Instagram or I don't use that. I sure. only use this. I just find it curious because we're so fractured what people are actually. Uh, I'm on TikTok as well, but uh, uh, but I can I can uh, blatantly say that I'm not I'm not a big fan of it. I find it an ugly app to look at. And yeah. I and I really do feel it is at the forefront of the ooze creation. I, as we're speaking, I would not be surprised if it's banned completely in Canada based on the way the government has banned it in their, on their own. Uh, the federal government here in Canada has banned mm-hmm. their uh, employees from having mm-hmm. it on their phones because this uh, notion that it is some sort of Chinese spy uh, apparatus has not uh, gone away. You know how the news cycle works where they, they say something's bad and then we all forget about it? Because that's what they're counting yeah. on, right? They're just like, remember the gas stoves thing from like a month ago, two months ago? And now, mm-hmm. anyway, I, I'm trying to wrap up. It's uh, <laughs> just a weird time. Yeah, I'll let you wrap up because I could. All, we could now go on a whole I know. 30 minutes on TikTok. I know. But like, I, I, yes, we will, we will wrap this up. We will wrap this Thank up. Thank you so much. It, but before <laughs> we go, though, Nathan, if we can go out on a, on a bit from your special, could you pick one for us and tell us why you chose it? Uh... Let's go with uh, uh, Subway, the restaurant, Subway restaurant <laughs> joke. And uh, why? Two reasons. One, it's the first one that came to mind. Two, serious to God, everybody. What <laughs> does Subway have to do to be closed down? Okay. All right. I agree with uh, everything Nathan just said. This is uh, this is not Subway drivers need more money, I, which I almost said. This is Subway restaurants. From the excellent new special, Money Never Wakes, by Nathan McIntosh. Nathan, this was a tremendous pleasure for me. Thank you for the time, and I wish you the best of luck in the future. Thanks, man. You too. Thank you so much. I thought all companies knew about money. I, I, I only go on you real quick because you work in finance. Did you know that companies don't know anything about money? Did you know this? Okay. Um, <laughs> that whole move said, please don't talk to me. I don't want to deal with this. <laughs> I thought companies had money, right? A lot of them do not. A lot of companies closed over the last couple years. Closed. They shut down. They're never coming back. Subway restaurants are still here. And I just want to ask people, what does Subway have to do to be shut down? This restaurant has committed some of the worst atrocities of any restaurant. It's almost like people working at Subway are trying to get it closed. They walk in there every day and they're like, look, I hate this place. I hate this little hat. I hate that smell. I hate that they call me an artist. I I want this place closed. What can we do? And they go, well, look, we tell people the food is healthy. What if we put yoga mats in the bread? (laughs) If we put yoga mats in the bread, people will stop eating here. Subway did that, and we found out about it. We're all like, yeah, that's all right. I don't go to Subway for the bread. I eat what's inside. Subway goes, okay, we're gonna have to try a little bit harder here. What if, what if we took the tuna out of the tuna and just replaced it with whatever? We don't know what this is. Scientists will study and be like, not only is it not tuna, it's not even from the sea. We have no idea what this gray paste is. Will you stop eating here? And we all went, no. 
I like this place. I've been coming here since the 90s. I like that they haven't updated any of the restaurants at all. I like that they all look like a hospital bathroom. I'm going to keep eating here. Somebody goes, okay, we're going to have to pull out all the stuffs if we want to close this place. What if? What if? What if our mascot was a pedophile? (laughs) If our mascot was assaulting children, clearly people will stop eating here. And we all went, it's not enough. I like this place. I like that everything is wet. I like that. I like that the employees are clearly depressed. I like that none of these vegetables were grown in the ground. I just like that. I like that when you squeeze a tomato, gasoline shoots out of it. I'm not gonna stop going to Subway. I'm hungry, I have 46 cents, and I want unidentified ingredients on a Lululemon and cheddar. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Well, that was fun for me. I really enjoy Nathan McIntosh and his comedy. Nathan, thank you so much for being on this, the 760th episode of Creative Control, which is part of the Entertainment One Podcast Network and is available wherever all of you get your podcasts. If you can't find an episode that you're looking for or if you want to learn more about me and sign up for my monthly newsletter, please visit vishkana.com. You can like Creative Control on Facebook if it still exists as you're hearing this. You can follow the show on Twitter, if that still exists, as you're hearing this. Follow the show on Twitter, at Vish Creative, or you can follow me directly on Twitter and on Instagram, which will probably be here forever, at Vish Khanna. Also visit patreon.com slash Control to make a flexible monthly donation to sustain this podcast. That is the primary source of revenue for all of the work that I put into this show and generally give away for free. But if you want to support the show financially... You can at patreon.com slash creative control. You can donate any amount that you can afford or or you feel is, uh, you know, makes sense, I suppose. And it can be any amount and you can change it. You can decrease it or increase it at any point or you can cancel your your uh, patronage anytime you want. $6 American or more a month grants you access to exclusive content. And oh, also, if you're interested in receiving a creative control t-shirt, 
and you're at that $6 or more a month mark, please message me on Patreon and I'll get you one while supplies last. Thanks again to uh, Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, Ontario, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, Ontario, for their in-kind support for this show. Thanks, as always, to my friend Jim Guthrie. Canada's Jim Guthrie lends me some music that he uh, has made in the past uh, for this show, and you can learn more about Jim at jimguthrie.org, and you should. He is great, and he's very prolific. And what else can I tell you? Oh, thank you. I just wanted to... Did I thank you? I didn't think I thanked you enough. I, I mentioned the Patreon, but thanks for your support on Patreon, and thanks for listening to the show and this episode with Nathan McIntosh. I hope you watch his special, which I've linked to in the podcast description, uh, the new one, Money Never Wakes. He's fantastic. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I hope you'll subscribe to Creative Control or follow it and tell your friends all about this podcast and, and maybe help spread the word about it. Otherwise, I hope you're doing well and, uh, and trying to stay upbeat and not angry. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, just hang in there. We're all just trying to hang in there. I hope you are, too. And I will talk to you very soon, I hope. All right. Take care. Bye for now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.